Yo, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to episode four of Lama Rock. Stay tuned, we're about to speak about, or we're about to speak on the funk. So I uh, just watched this um, BBC documentary that was uh, uploaded on YouTube. It was called The Story of the Funk, or The Story of Funk. Dash one nation under a groove, and uh, yo, it was a fantastic reminder of what the funk is, you know, what funk means to me, and I'm glad that I knew a uh, majority of the yeah, actually, all the artists on there, you know, they went they did the complete spectrum, they did, of course, you know, the legendary James Brown. They completed the trifecta with uh, Sly and the Family Stone and their contributions, as well as um, uh, George Clinton and Parliament Funk. And, you know, like if you, if, you know, as a dancer, a lot of our dancers is street dancers, especially if your entrance into dance is through hip hop. You wouldn't be dancing the way you would be dancing if it wasn't for the music that influenced hip-hop, which three of these bands were some of the most um, sampled bands and artists in the world. And, uh, yeah, I really, I highly, highly recommend you guys uh, watch this documentary, especially if you don't know much about uh, the funk. It'll give you guys some... Uh, some direction as to which artists to to listen to which which artists to pick up and it gives you you know it gives you a whole roundabout uh you know um explanation of the funk you know which is which is really good we need we <coughs> we all <coughs> excuse me we all need these um reminders from time to time um, what's crazy is they also speak about the effects of disco. They talk about um, uh, certain bands like Cool and the Gang, Earth, Wind and Fire. They talk about um, the Average White Band, which is, which was a Scottish band. Um, and yeah, you know, one of the most important things that you need to understand about the funk is funk is a syncopated rhythm yeah disco or you know the four on the floor is not a syncopated rhythm because it's a constant thump of the kick you know it's um it's like a like something like that yeah excuse the popping of the microphone there but uh funk on the other hand is like the heavy accent on the one prior to the the funk uh, I'll, I'll quote the the documentary that v that vanilla that vanilla smooth black music for pop audiences from Motown, you know, uh, and and rock and roll. Even though rock and roll is a little bit more harder edged, yeah, it was more about every second and fourth beat, you know. Whereas the funk decided to focus on the one and make a more harder, intense sound, 
you know, thanks to, to James Brown, you know, who was already like an artist from the 50s. And then by the late 60s, he just, you know, he took funk by the horns and, and just made it a sound that everyone could access. And that beat is like, a, you know, it's like a... You know, and he would be... James Brown would be doing a lot less lyrics, but he'd just give this power on the one, and he basically turned his whole band into a drum, you know, with the horns, and, you know, so like, you know, it's just, I don't care, and he just... By m making the sound more minimal, he made it harder and more intense. And for me, guys, for Lama Rock, that's what gave me my edge in the dance world and in my dancing. So let's go back to basics. If there is the letter B before boy, B boy, what does the B stand for? If you don't already know, the B originally stood for, and you know, there's different, uh, there's varied opinions on what came first and, and what it really, really means. But from what I gathered from right across the spectrum is B stood for Bronx. Bronx boy. You know, if hip hop was credited to have originated from the Bronx, then it would make sense that the the boys that were dancing to this new so-called hip-hop music, which wasn't rap, yeah, it was just like this particular vibe, right? Then they were Bronx boys. But there are other people from that era that say it's, that the B stands for break. So they were break boys. Now we're not cutting out the, the females here, they were break girls. But the, they respected the women so much that they put them on a higher pedestal than just being a break girl. They were fly girls. Oh, that's me romanticizing that era. I don't know. You know, I think sexism wasn't such a uh, focus. Yeah, and, and feminism at that time, I believe, if I'm correct. There's a whole nother story, and I hope I'm not... <laughs> opening a can of worms here, but, but feminism back in the day was, was truly like a revolutionary act. And it wasn't not only about being politically correct, you know, it was, you know, it was still everyone together, but with women having a stronger voice. And if anything, hip hop gave that to, to women as part of their contribution to that unity of people, you know, I would, I would say that I would go as far as saying that, you know, because there were very strong black women and uh, Latin American women in their communities back in those days of, you know, pre-hardcore discrimination, you know, and racism. But back to the point, yeah, break boys. And so what makes hip-hop music different from everything else that was coming out at the time? Mind you, in this documentary that I previously mentioned, was that disco ended up becoming funks, you know, rival and kind of made it difficult for these pioneers like James Brown, Sly and the Family Stone and Parliament to like adapt with the times and do disco 
their disco vibes didn't um, their disco vibes didn't sell. But at the, around the same time, hip hop was coming up. But while there were raps, like if you haven't heard of uh, King Tim the Third, which is um, from the the group Fatback Band. That's technically the first rap song ever recorded, but it's from a funk band. But it was they were using hip hop, and so what I'm trying to say is, hip hop at the time through you know legends, living legends like DJ Cool Herc, they were just selecting parts of the music known as the break, where this syncopated funk rhythm would break down even more. You know, my favorite one that I always use as an example when I used to um, do school incursions and talk about hip-hop was the break from Scorpio, Dennis Coffey. And Dennis Coffey, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a white American, yeah? <coughs> from, the Detro- from Detroit. And in his song Scorpio, after the main rhythm, and goes to the breakdown. That break was like one of the most important breaks of the whole collection of music discovered to make what hip-hop music is today. And sooner or later, people will, maybe not that song in particular, but they would take these breaks and, and guys at these block parties in the Bronx would literally do nursery, nursery rhymes over them until they realised that they could write something a lot more hardcore, I guess, for lack of better words, on top of that. And that's where the break comes from. Break! <laughs> I'm not sure if I really like that interlude, hey. It sounds a little cheesy. <laughs> but yeah, you know, since we're still on the topic of, of the breaks, um, let me give you my opinion. You know, it's only my opinion, you don't, you don't need to take it in. But uh, the, the issue I have with, with uh, b-boying and breaking these days... And with, you know, a lot of the, the dance events that I watch, not not discrediting the organisers, not discrediting the DJs, not discrediting the the dancers, of course, you know, but like the sound, because it's so accessible, it's so mainstream, the sounds become commercial, you know, even though it's still quite technically underground, it's not like it enjoys the mass commercial success of you know pop culture it's becoming like pop culture that somehow that's affected the sound and the feel and don't get me wrong like i've just take i'm with i'm kind of still in this sort of dance hiatus you know and and i've gone back to like trying to rediscover my roots in all sorts of different areas including dance including in the funk including in hip-hop and you know one of the main focuses for me is the groove now, when a particular sound takes over, then quite naturally the groove and the vibe takes over as well. And so, 
If I could give you an example of how this particular groove or sound these days um, came about, yeah. Mind you, you know, rhythm is, music is is a form of self-expression, obviously, and every band, every person would, would have a different way of creating this vibe of funk, right? But let's just give you an example. So imagine there was a song that was just like... And then the breakdown will come... And then here is where this breakbeat will come out of nowhere... Now, I think maybe because I've just watched this funk um, documentary and then I'm, you know, vibing on that James Brown, you know, it sounded like James Brown just then. But that breakbeat, that rhythm alone has sort of become the mainstream breakbeat for all b-boy events. So it's always like... <laughs> And then there'll be these little cues that still keep it within the funk, you know, with, of course, those elements of rock, rock breaks and, and, and whatnot. But, you know, they're all like bedroom produced and, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it still hasn't quite developed and evolved into that same level of funk and rhythm and, you know, that ugly funk face you, you, you put on when you hear a dope beat. You know, like, I don't get that from watching these new b-boy battles and listening to these new beats that are being played. It's just non-existent, you know. It's become very placid. It's become very um, clinical, yeah. It's very sterile. No longer has that funk, you know. And funk is like something, something funky is like something that stinks. It's like, ooh, you know. Like... And I think if I was to drop, if I was to DJ at a battle and I was to drop Scorpio's break, you know, and, and within that spectrum I'd drop something, or if jumping outside of that spectrum I'd drop something like Nina Simone's Funkier Than a Mosquito's Twitter. T yeah, Twitter, yeah. Twitter or Twitter, whatever it is. Yeah, people would know what the fuck to do to that shit right now. And I guess it's time, stay tuned. Um, but I'm going to mention about some artists that I've seen recently um, and how they're bringing this sort of new funk, this new like groove and in turn a new dance, I feel. And I want to throw myself right into the heart of that. Stay tuned. So this dude, yes, it's this dude and his efforts with his collaborators, which I believe are are also his very good friends, is this one Filipino-Australian that goes by the name of Silent J. Now, I put this brother on a pedestal because when I was living overseas in Japan and I asked, you know, my boys in Melbourne, like, yo, so what's the new hot shoot? What's happening in the scene? And my boy NASA, I credit NASA to putting me onto this guy. NASA goes, man, you got to check this dude named Silent J. 
And so I looked him up from, you know, while I was in Japan and I saw like uh, a few tracks posted here and there on, on, on um, SoundCloud and, and somewhere else. But there was like two tracks, I think, that were up around 2012 or 2013. And I was like, damn, yeah, this dude is on some fucking other shit. Yeah, like, or at least, you know, at the very least, he was like, I considered what I heard like up there amongst the latest shit that was coming out funk wise now i'm not really sure what his background is and and i've motioned to try and get you know brother jay um on this show eventually in fact i'm selling it to him right now by doing this particular segment (laughs) yo and you know like just straight up you know filipino style just unashamedly doing what you gotta do you know but um it was only last year when I was trying to rediscover my roots again, you know, and heading out back into the the, the nightclub bar scene. Wouldn't necessarily call them nightclubs; they'd be more like bars, and and you know, different spa- you know spaces, venues to go to on a weekday, not a weekend, but on a weekday. On a number of occasions, I caught Silent J and the different groups and bands that he he plays with, you know. For lack of uh, a good memory in this case, um, you know, one of them was Horatio Luna, which I was very fortunate to buy their record. Fucking gangster shit, you should look them up, Horatio Luna. (laughs) But yeah, you know, what we did back in the day is not something I see now with the new generation, so I just went in there like an old school fuckwit. And I was at the back of the venue, or the front technically, when you walk into... um, Boney on Little Collins Street and man Jay was there playing with each band back to back this dude was dripping in sweat at the end of the night and you know excuse my ignorance but I felt like the 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 vibes that the the guys were playing were were on you know heavily influenced um, by jazz of course these guys, are, I think these guys are jazz musicians, but they would just bring in every groove and every sort of syncopated rhythm and non-syncopated rhythm, if that even makes sense, um, to to these gigs. And it's crazy because it just seemed like they were just jamming. And I think they were, you know, and it's just like quite literally that power of, of freestyle. And, you know musician style improvisation you know and and as a dancer right it really started to click that these dudes were on some new shit and i wouldn't even categorize it in the funk even though like it could it could quite easily be thrown in there jazz funk or jazz like these these dudes is is creating their own shit and what i mean about that is when i could quite literally feel each band member milking that groove so that they were like almost off beat sometimes almost ahead of the beat but they were all still tightly packed this just contained unit of groove and you know since Jay Dilla and the beats he created that weren't quantized you're gonna have to look up these words if you don't know what they mean they weren't quantized I was like, 
man, it's like this little extra space that Silent J and his bands are creating is like this new uncharted territory for dance. So quite literally, because of the vibes and the, the renewed meaning <laughs> I'm going to say it like this. The new meaning I received from checking out guys like Silent J. And there's a handful of other artists that I saw uh, last year, more towards the, the, the second half of last year. Re-exploring my roots, I quite literally brought this this vibe and feeling that this zone, this state of this state of flow at these gigs I quite literally created this this new thing that I'm doing called Groovitate I drew that meaning out of these sessions with these guys and when I say sessions it's not like I'm part of the band or anything and, and I was vibing with these dudes on a level like you know i was one of the band members no not at all not at all it was more like you know like these sessions of me going out knowing that i was going to go hear some good music and then just just getting lost i believe one of the 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 fans or, or maybe she i've seen her around a lot yeah this this blonde-haired woman i think she's got dreads she pulled me up um at this gig and she's like, hey, I just want to let you know that I, I think your dance is really beautiful and, and like I can really feel your your soul. <laughs> I was like, dang, girl, you know, like, like, and I didn't know what to say, you know, like if it was my usual self and if I wasn't in this like this hardcore zone, that would have been, you know, an excuse for me to try and pick this chick up. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, nah there was something more important than that version of love, you know, it was this other version of love that, this gravitate that I was rediscovering because I just, you know, from being a dancer and traveling and doing these, comp judging these competitions, entering these competitions, doing workshops, you know, like this selflessness, you know, I just started to sort of take over and I kind of lost my passion for dance, but then jumping into silent jay's realm i was like damn this is this is why i dance and so these groovitate sessions look it up on um on youtube i'm glad i didn't call it medic medic meditruv <laughs> sounds like a medic medical term but groovitate i quite literally just chuck on a mix for now like you know so i've already used uh um freddie joaquim and his his uh mixtape patterns volume one because it's just these bite-sized uh grooves that just continue to mix through for an hour and then i just get in there and i just try and let go and and try and get funky you know and this is you know like this is something i think that is something that would 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 reinvigorate would revitalize it's something that you could inject into into mainstream dance now and just give it that extra edge again you know and i guess i'm sharing 
these opinions and feelings with you guys because for for anyone out there that might be listening these are sounds and vibes that I think you would you would benefit from and if we were to create a brand new movement like this and it's not really what I want to do I'm not set out to, to create a new movement but I know that whatever Jay and these guys are doing right now they're taking us on a fantastic voyage, man. You know? Come along and ride on a fantastic voyage. Yo. Do you want to rock it? Yeah, it's like... We came to... We, how does it go? We like to be a crew of entertainers. You know, like... Those are the messages that have just rung in my head for years for decades now and you know like I wish that I had other dancers that I could communicate with that felt the same and wanted to do that but I know there's this some conservatism here in Melbourne that just this just doesn't quite work but forget about that stuff we're all about the funk here on La Marauque. so guys to wrap up this uh, episode Episode number four. Just want to give a shout out again to the man Silent J and to his other outfits or outfits he's part of, uh, Horatio Luna. Uh, ah, I'm just doing a quick podcast. Give me five minutes. Sorry about that. The old man's calling me. <laughs> so it's time to go. But yeah, um, massive, massive shout outs to the funk. And, you know, like, yeah, you know, although disco was, was Funk's rival and according to this documentary, it kind of killed off Funk for a minute, you know. Shout-outs to disco too because it has merit. It's another form of self-expression. It has its own grooves. It has its own style. These are all, th- they're only negative if you give it a negative meaning, you know. So let's let's embrace that, give it a positive meaning in this context of talking about the Funk and you know like it's just had it just had to take however many years off and not being in the spotlight and might not even return to the spotlight but you know you just need to give things time for for it then to evolve into something more whether it becomes augmented or it, it changes or it becomes a new thing like same meaning really but like yeah like, we need to pay attention to these sounds. We need to be digging for these sounds. And we need to be finding like-minded peeps that would want to get down to this this new sound, whatever it is. And quite technically, and this is something that's important to me because of my upbringing in hip-hop, but there was an element of hip-hop that rings true to my heart besides of course the essence of hip-hop which is party but that whole thing about being original and finding your sound you know like what some of these guys on the melbourne circuit right now are doing they're creating a truly distinctive melbourne sound and i think it's time now for local audiences and local dancers 
and everybody else that isn't these that aren't these musicians playing yeah everyone else besides them we need to step up to the plate and start representing who we are on their platform you know like they're providing us with gifts from another dimension man like they're spreading the love so we need to reciprocate that and we need to tell them and we need to show them that we appreciate what they do and we vibe with what they vibe with but we we we, we quite literally fucks with them yeah like we need to complete that circle that unity yeah and taking it to another level taking it all to another level so yeah you know i don't know if uh, that banter came across but <laughs> this is what an old school fuckwit does he, he he tends to rant but yeah that's the vision man that's the vision like if melbourne can truly have its own sound like we have our own coffee yeah let me just put into perspective in these last minutes uh of this segment you know like and this episode you can go overseas and get yourself a melbourne coffee it's labeled on the menu as a melbourne coffee so why shouldn't there be melbourne funk why shouldn't there be now i'm not sure where it cut out there but it just cut out because someone was calling me but yeah why shouldn't we have our own melbourne funk our own melbourne jazz our own melbourne hip-hop Without the the bigotry and arrogance that you know sometimes having your own label uh, and being pigeonholed does whatever you know but you know what I'm trying to say you know it's like to be proud of something that was made locally by by a group of people you know and is celebrated all around the world you know you can't be a prophet in your own town so the saying goes but. I wish guys like Silent J all the best success that they will be respected by an overseas community so that their own community will wake up and be like, damn, these motherfuckers is good.